Hello, everybody. This is Editing Marin popping in just to give you guys a bit of an update. Thank you guys so much for your patience, your attentiveness, your thoughtfulness, um, and your excitement for the past couple of episodes. We really appreciate it. I know that that was a bit of a longer break, um, but we are hoping to cut down on that now, um, especially after we have gotten our um, new sound kind of figured out, our new editing process is figured out. So just a bit of a learning curve, a full year into our podcast. But um, this means, you know, we have more um, consistent business meetings and we have a lot more things fully planned, ready to go. So we're going to be recording more frequently. We're going to be making sure that you guys have a lot more stuff in front of you super soon, um, which we're really excited about. We're excited for this more consistent Um schedule and to make sure that things sound good and look good for you guys. So super stoked about it. That being said, (laughs) this is going to be a bit of a shorter bonus episode um, just because you folks send us a lot of asks, which we fucking love. It's so awesome that um, the conversations never close and that you guys are such an active part of it. It's really what we wanted when we started this podcast. So it's just been a thrill that it's been working out that way. Please continue to send all of your thoughts and we will make sure to answer them. Um, So this episode is just going to be us answering a bunch of those asks. We will probably do more of these in the future as things come through. We may also just tag them on to episodes just depending on how many we have um, and how much we want to chat about them because we are notoriously long-winded and like to talk a lot. This is also long-winded. So anyway, that's all to say. Thank you so much for listening. It's incredible that we have um, so much of your continued support a year in. We never would have thought that we would get to um, engage with people and have such a fun community around something that we make and we just love to do it with you guys. So we super appreciate it and we look forward to another year. So expect some new episodes from us soon. Upcoming, we have... um, what's going to become a two-part Angels in America episode where we're going to talk about both illness and mental illness, physical illness, disability, look at that through the lens of disability studies and through the lens of like, what is an angel and how does MCR talk about angels and religion and stuff like that. So we're super excited for it. Um, We hope you guys will enjoy it too. And let's get into this episode. Okay, goodbye. fucking mailbox let's should we have a mail song checking the mail checking the mail we're checking we're checking the mail today today (laughs) sick i'm so glad we have better sound so you can hear us do that shit better now we're both like really good at singing but you'll never know you'll never know know. we're here so this is from phantom luck thank you for sending an ask um hello i cannot remember if i submitted this already at some point so apologies if this is a repeat it is not um (laughs) you guys were talking about werewolf stuff a tiny bit in your monsters episode and not completely knowing how they may fit into the zombie and vampire discussion my personal theory goes as follows if vampires ask if you can love someone who cannot change with you and zombies ask if you can love something so incredibly changed to the point of only being a recognizable vessel Werewolves pose the question, can you love someone who oscillates between those two modes? Can you love someone who can be your person one moment and completely unrecognizable the next, who perhaps doesn't even recognize you the next? How would you do that? What does that look like? 
I've been working on this both as someone who has experienced abusive relationships that look like this and as someone who can present this way myself due to autistic masking and meltdowns and various PTSD symptoms as well. I don't know. Those are my werewolf thoughts. Also, as we know, they <laughs> fuck. Um, and there's something very horny happening with them. But I'm a little less focused on that with werewolves. Mo- more of a vampire fucker myself. Love that. Thank you so much. We're, <laughs> we're also, well, I speak for myself there. You're a werewolf fucker? No. Oh. I'm a vampire fucker. Good. Me too. <laughs> I feel I was like we team, all are here. You said you were team Jacob. I am team Jacob. Okay. So I guess. So I guess not. Here's the thing. In this day and age, you're team Edward in this day and age. Come on. I've always been team Jacob though. I just, you know. You're still team Jacob? I'm still team Jacob. Interesting. He's so hot and sexy. I guess, I here's the thing. I've always been team Alice. Okay, like, I mean, well, yeah, but that's not the, that's not the question. I know that's not the question, <laughs> but I've made my own rules. I know you did. Okay, yeah. Um. Anyway, love this. This is such a good take. It's such a good take yeah. because you're right. We were kind of like, where do werewolves fit yeah. in? And you're right. It is absolutely like something that kind of oscillates between those two. And I love how you're talking about it as like ways that you can discuss werewolves through like kind of a disability standpoint mm-hmm. Um. because I think that that's definitely present there anytime there's a a monster right or like be a monster that like changes into something else I feel like there's definitely like a disability way to look at that and then also like a trans way to look at that so totally a super cool take hand in hand yeah yeah I, I really like that I love the like I love the way that you've articulated what vampires and zombies do independently so mm-hmm. um I, I I think this is such a good take so it really you. is thank you for letting us read that This is from an anonymous who sent a message saying, this is only like a quarter of a fully developed thought, but I just finished listening to your vampire slash zombie episode and have been thinking about the Draculoids in Danger Days and how they're a cross between the two, but also something slightly different because they're based on technology for the last couple of days. Anyways, if you have any cool thoughts about them, I would love to hear them. Do we have any cool thoughts about them? Not yet. Um, my, or maybe I don't have any yet, but I think that's something that we could totally discuss in the yeah. Danger Days episode. I think it'll make sense for us to chat about it in the yeah. Danger Days episode. Yeah. But you're definitely right. The idea of them being like more zombie figures, I would say, mm-hmm. in terms of like becoming kind of fa- a faceless mob. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but they're all vampires. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. Gerard Way, I have some questions for you. Uh-huh. What'd you do? What'd you do there? I know. Part of me is like, do you just, Gerard Way, do you just like zombies and vampires? And did you want to combine to make them? a new monster. But at the same time, like, I don't know. It feels kind of intentional that we've put little vampire masks on the things mm-hmm. that are like mindlessly attacking us, especially mm-hmm. as a band that has previously before this like bright and colorful thing yeah. been like very entrenched in the vampire maybe it's a way to make like vampire capitalism less sexy like it's <laughs> vampire capitalism in the way that danger days is a critique of capitalism overall i like that like i think it makes it less like it emphasizes the loss that comes with that i like that rather than yeah. the way that i think the band has treated vampires in the past which totally a threat and as a like as sexy as um, sexy yeah yeah I no think I think that that's a really good point point. and I also think at this point in the band's career they're really focused on like having like a new thing kind of you know what I'm saying absolutely like re- reinventing themselves mm-hmm. and so like the idea of them being like attacked by the things that they used to like represent in some ways is like totally. kind of there I think totally. you know yep yeah so anyway that's what we have to say about that mm-hmm. in like a short version but yeah 
perhaps we'll have some more i think in we the definitely should act. yeah and like dig into the lore of them a little bit more because i don't have as yeah. much of it just on deck to share totally agreed um thank you for the ask Thanks for continuing to send us questions for previous apps. Very yeah. fun. We will answer a question about literally our first episode if you send in literally a question anything. about camp. Literally yeah, anything. get in there. A lot of people sent in um, the Mikey AIDS quote. Thank you. We Thank would you. not have found it because neither of us have read Not the Life, it seems. Which is... Hilarious. Very silly of us. Very silly. And, and we will correct that someday. But we have so, we both have gotten into a mode of getting so many books at the library. Oh, yeah. And they all stack up and then you have to read them all. But that we should just get that book and then it'll be in the stack. Here's the whole quote from... Uh, not the life it seems. And from Mr. Jeff Rickley. From Mr. Jeff Rickley. Thread is so smart that he made each of his songs into a comic book and an allegory, says Rickley. There's a superficial theme to it, whether that's vampires or whatever. And behind that, the song is actually about something more personal, like how he's afraid that his little brother might get AIDS or something like that. Everything has a deeper meaning. Crazy. Crazy. A Almost crazy like thing. exactly what we just said about the Dracula hits too. I think that that's such, that's so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I'm very fascinated by Gerard writing about Mikey potentially getting AIDS. I'm just interested in that. Yeah. Why? Because, right. <laughs> I mean, my, hey, why? I don't think that either of these of our friends in My Chemical Romance were intravenous drug users. Yeah. As far as we know. As far as we know. As far as we know, none but of But you can also, I mean, like, you could see someone going down that path and being afraid of it. Right. But, yeah, not to our knowledge. Not yeah. to our knowledge. It also makes me think about, I mean, Gerard was growing up during the 80s. Yeah. How, when was Gerard born? <laughs> in think, the 70s, right? Yeah. So he was a teenager in the 80s, yeah. correct? Okay. Gerard Way Wikipedia page, come to me. 77. Okay, cool. Because, like, that's what I was thinking is it's, like, you're growing up during the 80s near New York City. Yeah. And you're a kid who's into horror movies. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that vampires and stuff like that get really connected to AIDS at that time yeah we've talked about this a little bit with the Lost Boys and how that's Frank's favorite movie um and how a gay man directed that so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of AIDS stuff there but like I think that that definitely could be connected to vampires perhaps in the album but also I don't know I'm just interested about that I find that really interesting I want to know more yeah. I want to know more. Gerard, make call call us. What a super interesting quote. Would love to hear people's thoughts slash takes about that if you yeah. have any. Crime Wizards, great URL. Excellent URL. Sent in, very curious what your thoughts are on television all the time. With all the talk about TV and fame and liminality, television all the time really stands out. And I was surprised that it got skipped in the Hesitant Alien episode. Yes, sorry about that, guys. We said, should we talk about television all the time? And then we said no. And then we closed it. Um, so, <laughs> our bad. Um, especially with the entire bridge, say she always puts a game show on and now she wants, she says she wants to be in movies because it feels just like the apartment where you stayed and her favorite show means nothing to me because I think I'm sick of it now. Like it also goes back to the theme of rain and liminal apartment type spaces reflected in brother. I just looked up TV, all the television is what I just (laughs) typed in. (laughs) My favorite Gerard Way song, TV, all the television. This song again is kind of, I think you're totally right. It really does feel like it's about loneliness Mm -hmm. and it's about how TV complacency apathy really goes along with TV a lot for Gerard. Mm -hmm. Gerard's talked about the lyric, we'll be killing ourselves from sleeping in. 
that like when you're in your mid-20s and you just like sleep in all the time and you don't like get up and go and do things Mm -hmm. and like Gerard started writing a lot about like that feeling of like waking up and the tv is still on Mm. and like you're floating in a kind of half half asleep state you know yeah and like that that's what that reminds me of I think but that also makes me think of the way that like television show up in the national anthem comics which is kind of heavy-handed but like it's similarly it's certainly like heavy-handed yeah loss of control also is when you said that they talked about that lyric i thought it was going to be about jawbreaker because i think it's lifted directly from a jawbreaker song. it probably also is <laughs> we're killing each other by sleeping in yeah. um what is that song called no, I don't want the Wikipedia page for Gobstoppers. No. Okay. Wait, like Gobstoppers the candy? <laughs> yeah, I googled Jawbreaker and that's what and came up. And it gave you up. Gobstopper Wikipedia? Yeah. Damn. It's tough to Not do beating me. the Willy Wonka. Uh. <laughs> Stop being able to talk. Okay, it's from the song Save Your Generation by Jawbreaker. Yeah. Which is very much the theme of that song. And then I think that they lift a lot of the chorus from Fireman, too. If you were here, we never have a fear. Why can't I think of the name of <laughs> my chemical romance songs? Uh, Give them hell. What is happening today? I don't know. I don't know. But the, the chorus sounds very similar to Fireman. And we know that Frank likes this album. So, um, and Gerard. The two of them. And Gerard. Yeah. yeah. So that, that makes sense that that line would show up there, too. A little yeah. Jawbreaker trivia for everyone. If you haven't listened to Dear You, you absolutely should. Yeah, it's a great really album. Good. I guess those are our thoughts about television all the time. I think that this song kind of suffers from Gerard Way vagary. The verses, to me, are just a little too vague for me mm-hmm. to know exactly what's going on. The bridge, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think that there's like some really interesting rain liminal apartment space. So definitely. Thank you for sending that ask. Thank you for that. This is from Absolute Destiny Apocalypse with two S's at the end. Um, Who says, exposing myself as the Viking funeral anon here. I loved your millions analysis. You did such a great job describing it and opened my eyes a lot. I hope you don't mind that I sent a lot to your ask box. Please feel free to ignore any of it. I have just brain worms. We will not be ignoring it. You're smart. When I think about Hesitant Alien, I think so much about the no-shows music video specifically with them awkwardly performing to a crowd full of Rocky Horror aliens in suit and tie. It feels to me like someone struggling to adjust to a genderless space now that they're not on Earth, where the gender is. There's a lot of discomfort with this idea of being in a traditional front man role, as I know there was in Gerard's life. I don't want to see all of his solo work through the lens of MCR, but at least four of the songs on Hesitant Alien feel like a memorial to the performative masculinity of being the front man to a rock band that Gerard got to drop after MCR broke up. And we haven't really seen them pick back up since, probably for good reason. Love this ask. I love this ask. It's so good. I love the idea of Earth being where the gender is. Because it is. Earth is where gender happens. We we made it. There's no earth. There, there's no earth in space. <laughs> oh, and there's also shit. no there's no gender in space. Either. There's no gender in space, dude. There's yeah. literally no gender in Aliens space. Aliens don't have gender because we made that. No, no, no. So yeah, that idea of like trying to adjust to genderless space, but maybe that's also exciting, but it's uncomfortable. I love that image that you've put together there. 100%. Yeah. Also, the Rocky Horror connection, mm-hmm. they're all kind of inherently genderless slash genderful in yeah. Rocky Horror, you yeah. know? Riff Raff, Magenta, and Frankenfurter are all genderless, genderful folks, and yeah. that's why they're being persecuted. Yeah. And their genders are 
like unrecognizable to us or right. unable to be processed by us. So the idea of Gerard being a gender alien in all of the spaces that he has been in mm-hmm. is so real and so true. And like, I think you're so right. Like he felt this pressure to be like a front man, even though he was like playing with gender and doing a lot of different things with gender expression and being very feminine on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, other people assigned them as a front man, as yeah. like a front man of rock, mm-hmm. even though they're, you know, being queer, flirty, but like fake butch, whatever right. on stage. Like even though they're being campy, even though they're being affected, even though whatever, like they got assigned that thing. And like, I think they tried to shake that off a little during MCR by being like hyper feminine or by like using affected terms or by kissing their rhythm guitarist. But like, like, it still fully got placed on them. So, like, being mm-hmm. able to, like, shake that off and reflect on it, I think, is totally true. And, like, I think that that's, like, what Hesitant Alien is about, for sure. Yeah. I also love how uh, this person addresses that we haven't seen them pick it back up. They were in little skirts, and they're doing their own thing, and they're not doing any fucking interviews either. Like, there's this clear step away from being the front man, the personality, the face in a way, in the recognizable way that we've seen before. hundred percent. Every time you listen to Gerard Way talk during tour on stage, they are talking to their bandmates. Yeah. They're not like they're espousing. Not, yeah. They're yeah. not like I mean, savior like they, of the brokening anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like they address the audience. Yeah. But it's little weird little, little quips. Things. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. being a little freak up there. Yeah. They're not being a savior. Right. And that's cool. It's awesome. I really like to see that. Right. Thank you for your thoughts. Please don't stop sending Don't stop them. sending us stuff. I'm excited to hear more. Yeah. Here is an Anon's ask. We asked last time when we recorded if people had thoughts about drugstore perfume to send them. And this person did. So thank you for sending them. Um, they said, oh, some thoughts in the realm of hesitant alien discussion. I think drugstore perfume and get the gang together fading into each other is no accident from Gerard. They feel like two halves of a whole song. A woman, I think Gerard is talking about himself here, wishing and wanting and dreaming of getting out of her hometown, particularly the emphasis on where another girl's evening out. Feels very much like watching from the outside, hands pressed against the glass and through the lens of Gerard and gender is a very interesting thing to emphasize to me. And then the experience of coming back to that town after years and remembering the reasons you had to leave in the first place, the eyes and the gossip and the feeling of entrapment like an insect in a jar, which also is relevant to fame, but that's for another time. Also, when Gerard said they thought about wearing a dress in Texas before, but that's another story for another time. Just for another thought about gender and being watched, they convey the same kinds of feelings to me. Especially the subtext material of the gossip that is happening at this gathering. Particularly the lines, whatever happened to Rico, you heard what happened to Sly. Anyway, they all call him Michelle now. And he had a new baby, a little girl, Gemini. Like you guys said, very gossipy, very rumor mill. And obviously you guys touched on the fact that Gerard's kid is a Gemini, which has always made me associate the figure they're talking about with Gerard. And coupled with another girl's evening out makes me think that Michelle slash Sly is the same figure as in the drugstore perfume. And it wasn't just feeling trapped in the town, but in your identity there and the perception of you there. When they're finally away from the eyes, all of that changed. And now people from your old life are talking about it from the outside. I don't know. These are mostly just rambling thoughts, but I'd love to know what you guys think. I think I love that take. I love that take. Yeah. That's a fun take. It's a super fun take. I agree. I love the line about um, wearing another girl's evening out Mm -hmm. does feel... Like, that could be a Gerard-gendered line to me. For sure. And I like the way that you're connecting it, especially because the songs blur together. Very yeah. cool. I'm into that. I think any take that's about, like, the mixing is kind of fun. Totally. we haven't talked so much about that. Agree. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sending that. Yeah. Super cool. Thank you. The next one that we want to talk, speaking of mixing, yes, this is from Amargura. 
thank you, um, who says, hi, big fan of the pod. Love the hesitant alien lyric deep dive, but I was wondering if you had anything at all, interviews, YouTube interviews, old posts, literally anything about the mixing of the album because it's so, so fucking interesting how heavily layered it is. Thank you. We have Doug to thank for this, for this thank album. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. RIP, thank you for all you've done. This is, I've pulled up an ask on the Gerard Tweets page, our humble beginnings, gerardtweets.tumblr.com. <laughs> We're over there. We're over there. I haven't posted in a while. Sorry, I'll get back to it eventually. I think about <laughs> it like every week and then I get distracted. So this is a series of tweets from Gerard Way on June 14th, 2014. So long ago, nine years ago. Reviews are saying all the right things about Action Cat. Sounds like he held a tape recorder to the boombox that he recorded the song on. Yeah. Vocals are buried. Bloody fantastic. I'd say those are pretty spot on. Um, this one's a reply to Jeff Rickley that says, not that reviews made me happy or sad or anything at all, but I wanted to see if my goal of fantastic shittiness was achieved. Gerard says, mixing vocals with Doug. I don't know. Just stick them fucking under everything. Yeah, a little more. Thank you. Mixing guitars on the album. We need the waveform to look like a horizontal rectangle. Yes, like a mistake. <laughs> all, all of this just makes me more excited for you to hear this album. Like, wait until you hear Juarez. Dead rectangles. So true. Juarez is dead rectangles. I love that. So that's what I've got about the recording process and what they wanted it to sound like with the mixing. Yeah. Like a mistake. Fantastic <laughs> shittiness. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. And we talked a little bit last time about like how polished MCR is in the recording. Like they have so many tracks and they have like Gerard's vocals are like so like in the front of the recording, they're like so present. They're, they're so crisp yeah. and sharp that they sometimes sound fake. Mm -hmm. Like they sometimes sound manufactured, yeah. which is also because, you know, they're using pitch correct and right. stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. So like, it seems like Gerard intended to like do something kind of totally different. Like the guitars are really sharp. There's a specific MCR guitar tone, you know? Yeah. It's like a pretty clean rock guitar mm -hmm. tone. It's not like gritty and like kind of dirty and fuzzy in the way. Right that hesitant alien is so it just feels like they were like can we just like make an album that's just like kind of crunchy and like takes from glam and takes from like i don't know it's mm -hmm. sometimes some of the songs really sound like brian Eno songs to me yeah. and if if y'all go listen to a brian Eno song there are similar guitar tones crunch like just crunchy fuzzy guitar tones mm -hmm. it sound it's like licking a licking some static Licking a piece of fuzz you like, found in your couch. Like, <laughs> like rubbing your feet on like a an orange rug yeah. and then you, then you lick a TV screen. Yeah. yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> if anybody has any yeah. other stuff about mixing that we could post, mm -hmm. um, please send it our way yep. and we'll share it. Oh, there's another ask that just came in today that was about millions. Ooh. Um, Hey, I don't know if anyone else has already brought this up, read the Millions episode, but it becomes even more muddled when you take into consideration that the It Was Really Me line is sung by Mikey. Is he just there for fun? Does it change the meaning of the song slash interpretation of lines? I always have the tin hat at the ready, but I also feel like I have the Pepe Sylvia corkboard in front of me. <laughs> That's just the MCR universe, I guess. Frank's lyrics are just as insane, TBH. We'll talk about Frank in a sec. Interesting. Um, I have thought about this extensively. Mikey was trying to fuck Frank. That's what was <laughs> happening. <laughs> edit that out <laughs> i will not <laughs> fuck you <laughs> no i mean yeah i think that it could Mystery have uncovered yeah i think that it could have some relevance 
in terms of like in terms of like the band breakup yeah right? and like mikey having very difficult times during black parade Absolutely. and having to leave mm-hmm. and like all that stuff like yeah. touring with your sibling who you love very 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 much and who you have like similar issues to right you both experience addiction you both have problems with mental health whatever all that stuff is going to be really really difficult and personal mm-hmm. and so like obviously of course the breakup and parts of that are going to be super interconnected for the two of them right absolutely so it makes sense that mikey is like doing a little cheeky guest folk mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. you know because i think he was also part of that a hundred percent i am sure that yes. mikey was like mikey's always going to take gerard's side mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Or maybe like Mikey's issues kind of compounded for Gerard. And maybe that was right. Like Gerard had to be the one to make the decision. Right. But I don't know. We're speculating. We're speculating. We're speculating. We're speculating. We're speculating. It was really Mikey. It was really Mikey. It was really Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> no, great point though. Yeah. That is fun trivia. It's fun it trivia. Was really me. <laughs> it's I love that. Every time he does it, he says it's so funny. It's so it was funny. really me. You know, <laughs> It's so funny. Anyway, speaking of of Frank, we had a couple asks about yeah. f- about the man Listen, of the hour, Frank Iero, last time. Um, <laughs> it's his special day. It was his. He was the man of the hour last time. <laughs> let me tell you. There's an anonymous sent us a message saying, "Hello, I just listened to the Hesitant Alien episode, and OMG, would y'all consider doing an episode about stomach aches slash Frank's solo stuff and kind of dive into his POV as the other jewel thief? I just feel like Stomach Aches, especially, is such a deliberate album about someone with a capital S." I wasted time on a crooked spine as literally like the fifth line on the album. Anyways, love the pod hugs and kisses heart. Um, hugs and kisses to you. Here's what we have to say about this. Um, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I think we, I would love to talk about Frank's solo stuff. We're going to, yes. Yeah. And I think we will fit that into our episode on illness. Yeah. Um, because, because a lot of his solo stuff we believe is primarily about his experience being chronically ill. Yeah, and it's called stomach yeah. aches. Yeah, and he references that a lot, and yeah. I think that's more like obviously a lot of those songs are about the band. Yeah, a hundred percent, of course. But I think to try and go through all of Frank's solo stuff and put them into the corner of the Jewel Thief world would be a little challenging. I agree, and I um, think that people like to be like, "Stomach aches" is entirely about Gerard. This album is about not. Gerard. It's not. It's not, guys. <laughs> It's very much about his experience being in the band, but also his experience being in the band as a chronically ill person, yeah. his experience being married as a chronically ill person, his experience being a father as a chronically ill person. Like, it's a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should pay attention to that. I do see that lyric and acknowledge it, though. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. We hear it. Yeah. There's not nothing there. There's certainly not nothing. Somebody else also answered Medicine Square Garden analysis when or asked that. Soon. Soon. Um, that one we do think is very much about the band. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> we could go through Frank's entire discography and pick out the band mm-hmm. songs if we wanted to. Perhaps we will at some point. Um, the man makes a lot of music. But the man makes a lot of music. So if there's any specific thing you would like us to analyze, for example, this person said Medicine Square Garden mm-hmm. analysis, we'll keep Can't that in do. mind. Mm-hmm. If there's a specific Frank song you'd like us to chat about, send it to us. Um, otherwise otherwise we'll be lost in the sauce man it's gonna be like 30 episodes in before we run out of things to talk about and we have to do frank's entire discography yeah exactly (laughs) one of the person who samuel or sent us a message about the our sound yes um also sent us a message saying i was listening to the latest episode and then i went and listened to millions and i have a hot take 
the line, William, it was really me. It was really you. There was really nothing I could do has similar implications to the whole premise of I don't love you. Saying something intentionally hurtful to distract from the whole reason you felt hurt. In this case, the band breaking up, saying it meant nothing to make it easier. That's interesting. Yeah. That's totally interesting. I like it. Yeah. I like that take. Good take. It's a good take. Thank you for your take. Thank you for your take. We have another ask from Absolute Destiny Apocalypse. Um, This is now about Gerard Gender um, as we're going through our asks. Um, And they say, hi, very excited for the Danger Days up. If when you do it, when? It will be when. (laughs) In Um, two episodes from now. Yeah. Um, On what the secretary outfit means in terms of a doomed or misrepresented woman. Um, I feel like going back to your cheerleader analysis, secretaries and medias are also mistreated and sexualized. Just like the cheerleader, the secretary feels like an exploration of cultural iconography without masculinity. The secretary is feminized, hypersexualized, and downplayed for their labor. The knee-jerk association with secretaries is uh, with a subtext of desire of being easy and accessible alternatives to an unhappy uh, sexual home life. They're objectified as workers and usually as women. For Gerard to be the secretary reads as another um, exploration of corporate monotony and exploitation, which are images in skylines and turnstiles and cubicles, being subverted through playing the role of the secretary or business bitch um, instead of the businessman, which Gerard has played before in his real life and through the themes in their performance, um, even as recently as the meta man who is a symbol of corporate greed and covered in blood. Love this. I love this. I uh, We read this ask over Aperol Spritzes, and I <laughs> immediately did. said, I want to do a cities episode. Yeah. Like, the city imagery, the corporate imagery is so distinct, and thinking about Skylands and Turnstiles and Cubicles together and the secretary image, I think, are that's really exciting. Yeah, um, totally. To think about how those things manifest for the band. And yeah, just this uh, reading of... Um, like women in the workplace secretary um the separation of like a home life and a work life Mm -hmm. and the way that sex works its way into both of those things is really really interesting um yeah and i'm i i that's exactly i'm sure what gerard is playing on with that um particular outfit absolutely I totally yeah. agree. I also think it's really interesting that that outfit showed up so many times in Succession. Yeah. Succession in a row, not the television show. Gerard Way is in the office. Gerard Way is uh, in Succession. Gerard Way is actually Kendall's new assistant. <laughs> <laughs> new Jess? New Jess, yeah. Actually, Gerard. That's wow, Gerard. amazing. Yeah. That's so progressive. Yeah, yeah. Kendall got really okay with a lot of stuff really fast. Thank you for that ask. It really connects to... This other ask that we got by kid slash cryptid, kid dash cryptid with ones for eyes. Thank you. And said, hey, guys, wanted to add something on to the discussion from the recent episode. Something that I find very interesting is how much Gerard's gender expression, at least the part that has resulted in these discussions, is tied to their storytelling, seen especially on this tour. There is a theory floating around connecting the outfits TM that Gerard wore to famous tragic women Jackie O, Joan of Arc, Princess Diana, Manson Girl, and prominent archetypes slash stereotypes, the cheerleader, the nurse, the teacher, the office worker slash secretary, sort of setting up this narrative of women being used, mistreated, or held on a pedestal by media slash Western society. I'm doing a bad summation of this theory. I apologize to whoever wrote the original theory. You are not doing a bad summation. You did a good job. Um... (laughs) (laughs) needless to say i find it really interesting and cool and funky fresh this intersection between storytelling and identity and how it's all being expressed through stage performance gerard is very physically aligning himself with these women connecting whether on accident or on purpose their own experiences with that of the women he emulated but it is both costume and extension of self at the same time drag mayhaps 
anyways, keep going and doing. You guys are doing more than fantastic work. Thank you for Thank this you. ask. I love the way you put all of this. I think it really summarizes it so, so well. Um, and I think it's totally on purpose. I yeah. think Gerard is absolutely aligning themselves with like historically marginalized women mm-hmm. in this way. A hundred percent. I love thinking about how that's bodily too. Yeah. That's performance. That's uh, drag. Yes. Drag. Yes. Yeah. Is that um, maybe like exactly what Judith Butler was talking about? Yes. Performativity. Um, Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He a hundred percent is. I mean, the connections are so blatant. Mm-hmm. The Jackie, like they're all, they, it looks exactly like all of them. <laughs> so like, it's so blatant. It's so clear that that is exactly what he's doing I think it's 100% on purpose like yeah we know that he is doing this from a place of like being into characters but like that's what they've always done Mm -hmm. they've always had a little character that they're performing and they do that every night and sometimes it's all of these different ladies this is from an anon um who says, hi, I've been thinking a lot over the last few months about trans as an umbrella category and expanding the non-normative to make the normative obsolete, i.e. using trans in this way rather than reducing it to certain presentations and specific experiences, etc. So I appreciate the depth you went into on this. Thank you. I was just wondering whether you read Have Thoughts on Jasbir Poir's work. She's drawn on Haraway and talking about assemblage theory, and I personally love everything about her work in terrorist assemblages. Maybe not directly relevant to the pod, but I've been trying to write something that connects these kinds of ideas and also related work like Lisa, Gu- Lisa Duggan to MCR, myself, LMAO. Uh, I also wanted to add gossip-wise that, to a lesser extent, the same kind of barricade brigade shit was happening at the LS Dunes UK and EU shows, Americans flying over and camping out all day, usually, usually to get on Frank's side, which I personally found hilarious. It's small venues. It's the same set list every night. It's not that deep. Thank you for your ask. Thank a lot you. of good stuff in that. <laughs> um, I love uh, references to Jasbir Poir and gossip in the same tumblr ask i love that we have cultivated this space (laughs) where you can send us an ask like this yes yes this is elevated it's elevated exactly what we want yeah absolutely um i have read jasbir poor's work but i read it at a time in grad school that i have blocked from my memory so (laughs) i it's not that i could not return to it um i just haven't yet for uh to address this and Um, we love that you brought it up and we will um check it out a we'll check it out Mm -hmm. and b we'll see if we can drop a link on the tumblr yes for sure um, for people to Mm -hmm. also check it out i will dig up a pdf um because i'm sure i have one yeah and you're also so right on that gossip like they're touring again like literally right now so also it's it's small venues you're gonna be so close either way you know yeah. you don't really I feel need like to queue. camping for frank shows is a lot like yeah you don't need to queue go get in the pit guys you go don't have need, fucking fun you don't need to be barricaded get yourself a drink go yeah. spin around yeah exactly um and bump into other people also like just hang out outside you'll probably meet frank afterwards because yeah. he just does that a yeah. lot of the time so you know you'll be fine you'll be fine let's take that into the next set of shows yeah you don't need to queue for it man yeah yeah you're going to be super close to them anyway, so it doesn't matter. Just be chill. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that ask. Super cool. Um, and thank you for the recommendation. I think we've, I think we did it. I think we've done it. I think we've done it. If we, if we haven't answered your ask yet, it's because we're saving it and it's for a specific reason or we're going to answer it on the blog. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye out. And thank you so much for engaging with us. It's really fun. It's so awesome. We love your thoughts. We love to engage with them. Um, We want to hear more. Mm -hmm. You guys have such great ideas. 
never put yourselves down in our ask boxes. Uh, We're always thrilled and impressed with the things that we receive. So, yeah, no, you guys are, these are great readings that you're doing and excellent takes that you're putting together. So don't feel embarrassed about them. If you are thinking thoughts that make you excited, we are excited about them too. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay, cool. Cool. We swam through the moat of our ask box. Oh my God. We're finally to the podcast castle. (laughs) 